Hey everyone, I'm Brent Squires. And I'm Lauren Jubeau, telling stories of the famous and not so famous youth workers, the ideas they had, the ministries they built, and the bumps in the road along the way. You're listening to How'd They Do That. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number five of How'd They Do That podcast. We're super excited that you're listening as we talk to youth workers all around the country who are doing great things in ministry. On today's episode, we're interviewing Justin Herman. Justin is a middle school pastor and speaker, and he's the host of the popular middle school focused podcast, Control Chaos. So we sat down with Justin to ask, how'd they do that? But before we get to the interview, let's do a youth ministry shout out. Every episode, we will do a youth ministry shout out highlighting a youth worker who is doing something great in ministry. And today's shout out goes to John Simmons, the student ministry pastor at the Church on Rush Creek in Grand Prairie, Texas. John oversees all the student ministries at Rush Creek's five campuses He has an amazing heart for students and a passion for excellence. And John is one of the key presenters at the multi-summit event coming in March of 2019. Way to go, John. Welcome to the podcast, Justin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Just enjoying a California morning. Awesome. Is it nice weather out there? You know what? It is nice weather. It's been raining lately and it never rains in California, like like almost rarely ever. So when it does, people completely freak out, lose their minds. They don't know <laughs> how to drive, how to carry on life. Um, but now it's been you know back to sunny and 75. It's been awesome. great. Awesome. Good. Well, for those people who don't know who you are, can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your personal background, where you're from, where you went to school, that kind of sure. stuff? Sure. My name is Justin Herman. I am the youth network guy at uh, Sandals Church in Riverside, California, a great multi-site church. Um, Pastor Matt Brown is a guy that, that leads that and started it 21 years ago. Um, I worked before that at a church called Mariner's Church in Irvine, um, California, um, and I was the junior high pastor there. And I run the podcast uh Controlled Chaos podcast, which is a junior high ministry podcast for youth workers. And I I was born in New York City, raised in Buffalo, New York. I was adopted. And then I went to college in Missouri and progressively just moved west. Um, and now, obviously, I live in California. I'm married with two kids, Beckett and Cannon. Um, and it's great. That's awesome. Are you, con- are you contractually obligated to say the name of your college that you went to? You know, the college that I went to... Um, you know, a lot of people, the, people are sometimes a very agnostic to the college they went to, like they went, it was a great experience, but you know, whatever. And, uh, and they move on. Like I, I really believe, and I, I, re- I've said this a lot. I really believe that the career I have today, the education I have today, the ability I have to do ministry today, um, was increased exponentially because of where I went to school, um, That's because awesome. of the conversations I had, because of the professors I had, um, and they've, uh, and they didn't, they invest in the podcast as sponsors, but they invested in me as a young um, ministry worker, um, before they ever invested in the podcast. I mean, that's one, I'm really grateful for them for that. So it was just a great experience. That's why, that's why I'm, I'm pro, you know, going to college a, and I'm pro my college that I went to, um, B. So yeah, there you go. Did you say the name you're allowed to? Oh yeah. Central Christian college, of the Bible in Moverly, Missouri. Great. And it's an incredible school. It's an incredible school. I can talk all about it. I won't, even though, but even it, though you know, they it's give us school. no money, but Hey, the doors open. They, our number is on our web, on our website. 
So yeah, we just, um, you and I just hung out for a little bit out in uh, Indiana at the middle school conference. And we did talk about a couple of things, including your, uh, your podcast control chaos, uh, which yeah. is going, which is going fantastic. Thank I you. I listen to it all the time. Uh, Thank so you. Tell us a little bit about uh, how that got started. Uh, yeah. what, what's the focus of the podcast? Um, just give us all the goods on control chaos. Well, quickly, um, this is what I'll say. I'll say that I'll start by saying no doesn't always mean the end of a journey. Uh, no sometimes is an opportunity for something new. So I was pitching an idea at the church I used to work at, Mariner's Church, to do a daily read um, recap podcast. Um, we did these daily, re- we do the daily read. We go through the Bible every year um, as a church. Mm-hmm. And this one particular year, 2016, uh, I think it was 20, no, it was 2017. We went through it and we did daily read recap videos and they were tired of doing these videos. They didn't want to do them anymore. Um, so they decided to do something different. You know, they wanted to do something different. They just didn't know what, or if they should do anything at all. And I pitched the idea of doing a podcast, a once a week podcast that would go over what we read, that would answer people's questions. It would be a great deal. And everyone was saying yes to this. I put together a proposal and all the specifics and financials. Everybody was saying yes, you know, yes, yes, yes. We started buying stuff, purchasing things, preparing. We actually recorded the very first episode. And in November of 2017, um, they decided not to move forward with the podcast. Um, it, it wasn't personal. It, they were they were stretched with a couple different things they were working on. They didn't want to add something to the plate. So our executive pastor decided not to. And and I was kind of bummed. But you know, people get no's all the time. Like it doesn't cripple my soul to hear a no. So yeah. I went home. I was talking to my wife about it, and she was like, "Well, you know, why don't you do like a junior high ministry podcast? You know, you, you do junior high ministry. You probably have some things to say about it. Why don't you do that?" And I thought about that for like a couple days. Now, something to keep in mind, when I was um, very early in ministry, I worked at, I was working at Mariners, probably my first couple months. And Matt McGill, who used to be the student ministries pastor there, Mm -hmm. um, he gave me some coaching about not, you know, just offering up coaching and feedback to people until you really have something to say. Um, I, I was, you know, like most young leaders who are ignorant of themselves and, and lack self-awareness that I thought, man, I'm working in a big church. Like I, people should listen to what I have to say. Like, it, it's completely insane. I was 26. I was completely nuts. And he pulled me in and gave me that coaching. So for those years from 26 to 33, I was completely like cautious about blogging or podcasting. Like, I would very rarely, you know, do any of those things. And so when my wife said that, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I do have something to say now. I mean, I'm 33. I've been running a large ministry for many years now. Maybe I have something to say. So I reached out to some of my mentors to get confirmation. Uh, I think it's uh, an area that we mess up all the time that we're always willing to claim our calling or the vision for our life, but we're rare to ask people to, you know, affirm that calling um, or even to speak calling into us or, you know, what, or an affirmation of what we feel we're called to. So I reached out to some of my mentors, Doug Fields, you know, Josh Griffin, um, Kurt Johnston, all of them said, yeah, like move at it for sure. You should, you should do it. You have something to say now. Um, and Kurt gave me the permission to use controlled chaos. So that, so then I started recording episodes, Kurt agreed to be on the first one. And that was the start of the controlled chaos podcast. And then from there, it was really just me in my living room with a microphone 
from there it's grown and you know now you know kurt was gonna do you know once in a while now kurt does every other episode with me and we've had great guests on we're um launching a a, a a blog soon um we're partnered with ciy christ and youth i mean they do incredible things for students and uh, and you know it's the there's just more to come um and the target audience is junior high youth workers and because we i think junior high youth workers sometimes get forgotten the you know it's kind of those middle years you know the kids are awkward they're weird don't really know what to do like you know, the just reputation of like you know real ministry happens in high school and those who are in on the secret of junior high knows that that is not true and that really good things happen in junior high yeah. and so i get to be a part of speaking into that there's not a lot of national voices speaking into junior high ministry and i think it's one of the reasons that the control cast podcast is the the number one youth ministry podcast um, in the world. Well, number two, Kenny and L's um, uh, youth ministry answers is number one and ours is number two. And, and, and it grew really fast for that reason. And because I think people are interested in middle school specific, junior high specific content. And so we bring on speakers and thinkers and pastors um, who have something to say. And then Kurt and I get into like the nitty gritty um, you know, of it every other week. And it's, it's just been fun. It's been really fun. We have a resource that we do at the podcast, a leader guide, so that youth pastors can send it out to their volunteer leaders and then have curated questions to go through that podcast and discuss some of the themes um, and ideas that were in there. And we've heard great feedback from youth workers who love that because it's not just for them, um, it's for their team. Um, you know, junior high youth workers typically have less budget. They typically have less people, less staff, if any staff at all. Um, a lot of junior high youth workers I talk to are volunteers. I mean, we met some at conference um, who paid for their mm -hmm. own way to be there. And they're volunteers wow. at their church who do junior high. And so a resource like this, um, hopefully, I don't say is a game changer, but it helps them in a way they weren't getting help before. And I'm, I'm for that. And we, and we do it for That's free cool. because we have great sponsors um, which is the the essence of capitalism, and uh, and it's a really good deal. So there you go. <laughs> That's really great. Cool. That's such a pragmatic resource. So we'll try to link that in our show notes for everybody to look at. Um, That'd be great. So you have this awesome podcast. I've listened, and it's super helpful and um, just fun to listen to. But next up is you are writing a book. Is that right? Yeah, the book just came out. The book just awesome. came out. Um, it's and it's with. Kurt Johnston. So it's actually Kurt Johnston's book with me. He wrote the book back in the early 2000s. I read the book when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And the and it was a pivotal book for me. Controlled Cast was a pivotal book. And so when we started the podcast, we were going, we were probably about 12 episodes in when he texted me at five in the morning and was like, dude, I have an idea. We should do a refresher on Controlled Chaos because it was out of print and mm -hmm. re-release it. And it was literally the morning that I was leaving for Africa and uh, or to Uganda on a, on a faith adventure with the church I used to work at Mariner's church. And I'm texting him back. I'm like, well, like I'm a hundred percent down. You don't need to convince me to write a book sure. with my mentor. Like, obviously I'm down. Mm -hmm. um, what are you thinking? He's like, I think we, we do it and you, I'll do a refresher. You add a bunch of commentary through the whole thing and we'll self-publish it if we have to. If we get someone to publish it for us, we will, which we ended up getting um, the youth cartel, um, Mark Ostreicher and, uh, and Adam McLean, everything they're doing the youth cartel. Um, and they published it and they kicked in some extras in there. They have uh, chapter responses, the whole thing. Um, but it's the first book in probably over a decade 
that is junior high ministry specific and not like junior high ministry specific in like a very niche way. Like I know Orange has come out with some books like parenting your sixth grader, parenting your seventh grader. Mm -hmm. Those are very specific, very like dialed in. Um, This is, you know, this is a junior high ministry. was probably the last one that I could think of. Exactly. I mean, this is like a, 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 a full, like if you gave this to someone who never did youth ministry, never did youth ministry with junior high, um, they could take this, hopefully read it, go through the questions, really, you know, think on it um, and then be able to walk in and and get something going. And there's still a lot more learning to do. It's not all in the book, um, but it, it, it's going to help youth workers get um, the ball down the field um, in their junior high ministry. And I think it applies to other ministries too. Um, but I mean, it's, it's written for the junior high youth worker. Well, that's cool. I just actually, uh, and I didn't do this because I knew you were coming on our show. Um, I just ordered it on Amazon. Uh, two days ago, so I think it'll be no. here tomorrow. So. Do you know? So the I'm not weird. Well, I am weird actually, but I'm not like really weird. Like I don't Google myself or like Google. Like I don't listen to my own podcast typically. Like I'll just listen the first five minutes to make sure it sounds right. Like I don't sit there listening my own stuff. Um, but I did when the book came out. I did go on Amazon and buy a copy, even though I was getting a, a bunch of <laughs> author copies. Um, I did go and buy a copy and have it mailed to my house. So nice. I don't know what that That's says awesome. about me, but it's true. Hey, I don't know how it works, but uh, if you send us some copies, we'll we'll do it as a giveaway on our on our thing. On our yeah, podcast. absolutely. I'd love to. I'll I'll uh, I'll get grab us grab one, sign it, have Kirk sign it, and I'll, I'll mail it your way for sure. Oh, that's Thank awesome. You. Well, um, let's talk about church transitions. So you just recently made, I believe it was in the spring last year uh, or winter. Uh, you made, recently made a transition from a fairly well known church. You mentioned it, Mariners, yep. a prominent church in California. Yep. Uh, and now you're at another prominent church, Sandals. Um, yep. So this is a transition that a lot of folks in youth ministry are going to have to make. If they stay around this game long enough, they're going to make a transition, whether they're choosing to make that transition or they've been chosen. Uh, talk about you know transitions from a youth ministry job from church to church. Well, yeah, the, it, it's difficult. You know, I, I've actually, you know, to to be real, I've been having a really hard time. I've been having a really hard time lately, and mm-hmm. I've been having a hard time because uh, even though, and I talked about this on on Controlled Chaos, that I did a whole episode about transition, and I talked about tips for when you're starting a new place, and you know, so I, I had advice and thoughts to give, and man, oh man, is it so easy not to take your own advice, because I uh, started there. And I started there and, you know, immediately, you know, was given responsibilities, obviously, um, immediately started assessing the ministry, um, immediately started hearing from our executive pastor and mm-hmm. my boss and, and others on and parents and others on staff who, who had feelings and opinions about the youth ministry. And you know, it was my responsibility to build off everything the guy before me, his name also was Justin, oddly enough, um, build off everything they did, which he did great stuff there. Um, but build off of it to take it into the next uh, the next generation, and um, and man, I, I just I really stepped in a bunch of crap um, as I was going through that because mm-hmm. I wasn't spending enough time being aware of relationships. I was just I got I just got so focused in like what needs to be done and how to get us there, um, and 
And you know, it it, co- it cost me some chips, and I've only been there like three, four months, and it, it cost me some chips immediately because I I didn't spend enough time being aware of those things. So you know, the I probably I put it in a couple categories. Um, your know, transition is always difficult. You know, me, we yeah. moved our whole family. Um, it, it, the it, I didn't spend time getting to know the getting to know the new staff as much as I should have. I should have spent more time getting to know them, spent more time having lunches with them, um, spent more time talking with them. If I could go back three months, I, I probably would have done that. Um, mm-hmm. I probably uh, forgot for a couple of bins uh, uh, that relational equity is more powerful than positional authority. And right. you know, while I may be the top of the org chart for the youth ministry, um, that doesn't matter. Like they don't care that I have a podcast. They don't listen to it. Like they don't care that I wrote a book. Like, they don't care um, because they were really close friends with the last guy and you know, they want to work with someone that they're friends with, that, they're, that they can trust, that they have relational equity with. Um, you know, it's so easy for me to cast a vision, but if I'm casting vision in a vacuum because no one feels like they can trust me or feels like they know me or they feel like I'm just there for the job. Um, you know, that's a, that's a big change. And I'm not talking about the changes between um, Justin who, his leadership, the previous guy, we're not talking just his leadership and mine, because he overall is wired as more of a relational leader. I'm wired more as a strategic thinker um, mm-hmm. and vision caster. You, he, he, One of the very first days I was on staff, he asked if I wanted to go have a lunch. And I said, sure. Like, what do you want me to bring? I'll bring my notebook. What do you want to talk about? He's like, I don't want to talk about anything. I just want to have lunch with you. And right. that, ne- and I'm not, slamming mariners at all but that never happened at mariners because that just wasn't the culture of mariners and i was okay with that like i i didn't care at all um because i like working i think working's fun i was just talking to my wife today uh, about the uh the, i don't know when this podcast is going to air but the they have the mega millions you know lottery thing it's yeah. like one right. 1.6 billion right now so we're talking like man you know if, if we got a payout of of $900 million, like what would we do? And, and I'm telling you, I wouldn't quit my job. Like I would, I'd probably invest a ton of money in, in, in the church. Uh, I'd pay off the church's debt. I'd help, you know, you know, we're about planning. We want to plant more churches. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'd help do that. I'd probably build a youth center at every single campus because I'll have the money to do it. Um, but I wouldn't quit my job because I love what I do. Um, but loving what you do is different than uh, how you do what you love doing. I can love what I do, but if how I go about it is in a vacuum and it's a bull in a china shop and it's running people over, um, that's not gonna that's not gonna help me in the transition. And and I'd probably say the last thing, the the kind of the tension of making changes too quickly and making changes too slowly. I came in when they were working through their standardization. So anyone who's a multi-site, um, right. either either you you have something kind of figured out for how you standardize your campuses, your churches, or you're trying to figure out how to standardize. I came into the um, you know within the net. I came in so three four months ago about. One of the, my first thing I have the I mean I have the list my executive pastor gave me. We need to figure out the strategy and the standardization. We need to finish that by the end of the year. We need to figure out metrics and get that all dialed in by the end of the year. Um, and we need to. Uh, there's one other thing on the list. I forgot what the last thing was. Um, but even just those two things, like they're huge gorillas of a thing. And so I was I had a time constraint I was under uh, while also trying to figure out relationship. And honestly, I probably traded. Um, relationship away 
um, in order to hit deadlines. And so right. when, you know, you're talking about change, you know, the, if you change too slowly, people are going to start looking around like, why did we hire this guy? Like, you know, I thought, I thought mm-hmm. we hired this guy to do something. If you make changes too quickly, it, it feels like you're pulling the rug out from under people. And it's like, wait, hold on, I accepted this job. And now, you yeah. know, I've been working here for a year. And now it's a completely different thing. You know, we're talking about the transition from live teaching to a video driven model um, for our youth ministry. That freaks people out if they've been live teaching their entire career and they came to Sandals and they're live teaching. And then they have a guy coming in starting to float ideas of like, hey, I think we actually might change the video teaching. And they're like, wait, what? Huh? Huh? I mean, how I rolled out that change was probably done pretty poorly. Now, something to keep in mind, I have no problem with change. I like change. I like change. Mm-hmm. I like directness. I value directness. Um, I value. I, I just value these things. So, if someone looked me in the, my boss looked me in the face and it's like, "Hey, we're doing something different now." You know, whatever. Um, I'd be fine with it, but not everyone's like that, and that's okay because the responsibility of a leader is not to just lead to your own strengths; it's to lead to the strengths of your team. And even though I know that, and even though I believe that, and even though I would give someone else coaching on that, I tended to forget that when I was in the midst of it myself. Um, so those are just a couple of my thoughts on transition from Mariners to Sandals. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's going to be helpful to a lot. Like I said, youth pastors are going to, they're going to feel that at some point and just knowing the high value of relationships and kind of like mm-hmm. making those relational deposits uh, so yeah. that you can make withdrawals later on. That's Change is just yeah. really hard. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. It I mean, and, but here's the thing though. But good Lauren, and necessary. Yeah, for some people though, change isn't hard, and I think that's the difficult tension. Because for yes. me, like I said, change isn't hard for me. Like I like change. I like doing things different. I like change. I think it's great. But for some people, it's a huge deal, um, and to not take that into account, you, you end up suffering for it. Uh, you know, for me, um, and for anyone listening who thinks like, oh, he's talking about a staff team. He's talking about paid youth workers, which I am. I'm talking about staff mm-hmm. team. I'm talking about paid youth workers. Um, you know, this applies for volunteer youth workers. I mean, all of us know that volunteers tend to be uh, many times more bought in or more committed than even staff. Um, so yeah. if you're a youth pastor or whatever, going to a new church, uh, maybe you're the only one running junior high and high school or running just junior high or just high school, whatever. Um, if there's a volunteer team there in place, all the same things apply. Um, they're the team there. They're your team there. So if you come in and say, oh, we're, you know, the ministry is called Fusion, but we're going to change it to Riot. You know, new t-shirts will be in next week. It's going <laughs> to catch everyone like, like, wait, what's going on here? Oh, you know, we've been doing, you know, Wednesday nights, our big outreach. You know what we're going to do? We're going to switch that to discipleship. So uh, next week, we're going to assign kids to all of you and you're going to be their small group leaders. Here's here's a book to read. You see you next Wednesday. Everyone's going to lose their minds. They're going to absolutely freak out. Yeah, for sure. But we easily get ourselves caught in that um, when we don't think through, you know, what a healthy change management looks like. What I should have done was had the courage to the courage and the forethought. Maybe it's not courage because I actually didn't even perceive it as a problem because I I lack awareness in a very serious way. Um, the to be able to go to my bosses and say, you know what, this time frame you've given me. It's just not going to work. I need more time because I need to go to lunches with more people. I need to spend time having coffee with more people. Like if, if I can't mm-hmm. roll it out this fast because they'll all turn on me. Now, I as the sure. leader should have sensed that and said that, but instead I just said, "No, that sounds dumb. Like I, I need to, I need to deliver. I need to, you know, I know, got to figure out what my boss wants. And I got to give it to him, which is a true value in leadership. You know, finding out what your boss wants, giving it to him, but." I should have had more forethought in how I executed that. And I didn't. And like I said, I, re- I regretted it. 
and and I'm cleaning up some of the mess. I'm at four months in, already cleaning up messes that I've created myself. Um, but that's the joy of leadership, right? I mean, that's the joy of what we do. Yeah, I appreciate your transparency. I'm sure that's going to help a lot of people listening. And you know, hindsight is twenty twenty always. So it's nice yeah. to hear you reflect back on it. Um, yeah. Thinking of a junior high pastor. Um, what would you say the connection should be between a middle school pastor and a high school pastor? Can you talk about how, um, as a middle school pastor, you can transition students up into the high school ministry? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Thought num- I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Thought number one, you know, it, your your youth ministry is the success of it is completely reliant on the relationship between junior high and high school. So, you know, if you, if you run both junior high and high school, then you're in really good shape. If you don't, if you have two separate people there, um, then the relationship you have is paramount because even though you think you might be like, if you're at odds with each other, you might be doing it clever, right. Or, you know, no one will notice Mm -hmm. people will notice leaders will notice students will absolutely notice. Um, they'll notice. So you're not tricking anybody. The, if you have, uh, if you have a healthy relationship, so let's start there. You know, a healthy relationship to me looks like you know meeting regularly, you know, having relational equity, supporting each other, cheerleading for each other. Oh, a relationship is huge. Relationship is huge. And, and I mean, it's it, if you're there, so take teams out of it. If it's just a junior high person and a high school person, if you're not having a meeting regularly, talking strategy regularly, um, having lunch regularly, um, if you're not friends, like it's going to be a problem. Man, who knew that relationships were such a big part of youth ministry? Gosh. <laughs> yeah, ser- yeah, seriously. Oh, you're telling me, dude. If <laughs> I get... I'm going to send this to people. I'm going to send this to some friends of mine. And they're going to listen specifically to that part. And they're going to listen to me laughing and roll, you know, and they're, they're, there's, cause there's so much tied up in that. I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, so if you're building a healthy relationship, um, it'll come across in your ministry. I, I really believe, and I talk, share this with people all the time. I talk to my teams about it, that a healthy high school ministry is built out of a healthy junior high ministry. Any high school mm-hmm. ministry person that doesn't think their ministry is built off of the health that happens in junior high, they're totally insane. Any junior high person who doesn't think the health of their ministry is built out of the health of the kids' ministry is totally insane. Like They yeah. all build off each other. Um, so having a health people, in that. A lot of people need to hear that right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. A lot of ministries that are done. It's not competing. They're working together. Yeah. So done healthy. Everyone will notice it'll be unified. Um, You'll be creating faith that lasts um, and it'll be I mean, it'll be powerful in your community um, because it's going with a six year or seven year window in mind. So let's talk about the other side when it's unhealthy which full transparency, I lived unhealthy with the high school pastor for a long time. Uh, there, there was a period of probably six, eight months um, that we didn't even speak to each other. We only spoke to each other through our staffs because um, at Mariners, we had a staff. And I mean, that's a, that was mega, mega unhealthy. Um, I talk about it in controlled chaos, so I don't, I don't want to ruin all of it. Um, but I specifically rep, talk about a time in my career at Mariners where I thought and, and I just I bought into the competitive mindset. And I remember I'm feeling like everything that I was doing was going to have a big payoff that, you know, all of this was going to lead to me eventually getting a promotion, you know, getting the affirmations, the accolades, you know, the, at the time, the high school ministry had double the staff and a third of the students than junior high had junior high was succeeding and wildly. And, um, and I was a really difficult guy to work with. And when the day came that the high school pastor left, 
And I thought, man, this is my moment. I'm going to get a promotion. People are going to notice me. You know, all these unhealthy you know, uh, rewards I was looking for. Um, none of those things happened. No promotion, no reward, no affirmation. And, uh, and that was a really difficult time in my leadership because I put so many eggs in that basket. Um, you know, when things are unhealthy, it's not going to just ruin your ministry. I think it's going to ruin your leadership and your influence with people. Um, you know, it's, comp- competition sounds fun, like on a football field. Um, it's terrible when it comes to relationships. I mean, it's absolutely toxic. So, the, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, very strong. Um, I'm a very strong, adamant proponent of if there's grief between you and the junior high or you and the high school person, like whatever it is, someone needs to have the humility to just walk into the office and start rebuilding what's been broken. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you need to pull someone into that conversation to help you. But it, all you're doing, your students are the ones who are suffering. Okay, mm-hmm. you're going to look back on this yeah. and move on to another job, probably with the same unhealthy perspective, because we tend to take our unhealthy perspectives with us where we go. So you'll go on to your next place with the, your, your same unhealthy perspective. The students are the ones who are suffering because while you don't see it in your unhealth, so I'm kind of talking directly to that person because they know who they are. They don't need to, they know exactly who they are. They might be faking it to other people and tricking them. But like when they look in the mirror, they know who they are. So I'm talking to you person who knows who they are. The, when, while you're doing all of this, it's students who are going through a ministry that at its core is unhealthy. Um, they're the ones who are going to be uh, regretting it for years without even probably knowing it because they were mm-hmm. robbed of what could have been a transformational time during their youth that was uh, taken from them because the junior high pastor and the high school pastor couldn't get beyond themselves to see what God was doing with the students in the ministry, not just their ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important point. So like I would re- I'd encourage any person in that to just take, take a moment, take a deep breath, maybe take a shot of Jack and grab some humility and walk into an office and start rebuilding what's been broken. No, that's a good word and not convicting in a good way, not a bad way. Yeah. So let's talk about balance for a minute. Um, you you, yeah. you have a lot of roles and uh, most people in ministry, they're not just wearing one hat, they're wearing multiple hats. And you're definitely no exception to that. You're a middle mm-hmm. school pastor. You're doing multi-site. You're a podcaster, a speaker. Uh, and then let's not forget, you're a husband and a father of two young boys. So give some advice to the youth workers out there, especially those just kind of getting started in this game um, about balance. How yeah. do you stay balanced? Not just not just how do you plan out your work day, yeah, but how, yeah. do you, how do you really stay healthy and balanced in ministry? Well, I would say this, that balance is a myth. Balance doesn't exist. Um, I don't pursue balance. I never do. Um, I pursue health. Um, the, my wife, if you ask my wife, if you ask my coworkers, if you ask my best friend, hey, is Justin balanced? Um, they would say absolutely not. Um, but if you ask them, like, hey, is he healthy? Is he a healthy husband, healthy father? Um, you know, they would say absolutely because I, I'm definitely not balanced. But uh, but I hope I think I am healthy. You know, for me that looks like instead of making a list of, I kind of look at it like four boxes. And you know, if you put more in one box, you got to take away from the other boxes. So some boxes are shrinking and some boxes are getting bigger. Um, the, and everything kind of has its place and it's very orderly. Um, that just isn't reality. You know, weeks change, responsibilities change, you know, things blow up, they need your attention. Um, so, you know, healthy is to me moving at the things that are important and in different seasons, different things are important. You know, there's going to be seasons where I'm going to leave work early to be at my kid's soccer game. Because that's important. That just is what it is. Yeah. There's going to be weekends that I'm not home, that I'm at uh, a camp 
uh, with my church, uh, with those kids. That that's not you know that week isn't balanced. That month wouldn't be balanced. Yeah. But over the you course, can't feel guilty about that. Exactly, you can't feel guilty about it. But over the course of the year, you say, you know what, Th- things weren't balanced month by month by month. But overall, overall, things were healthy. The right. I, I think that if the family is the thing that always loses, um, that will be remembered year to year. If the church is the thing that always loses. I'll be surprised if you keep your job, number one, um, but that will be <laughs> noticed. The, so it's not about balance. Uh, it's about health. Right. It's that there's abs and flows to your week, to your month, to your ministry. Um, and really good churches know that. Um, really poor churches uh, don't um, and will expect you to do everything. Uh, yeah, because you could balance yourself and be mediocre. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could you could balance yourself and be a lot less than mediocre. Mediocre, I think, you know, to to be to be on to be very honest with you, I think mediocre is the the goal if you're living a life of balance, because you're constantly taking from um, and taking from some and giving to others and taking from others. And it's to me, I'd actually even go even further and say that balance to me, Now, this is just to me. is really a Ponzi scheme of life, health, and life leadership that in the end, it will be shown as empty because you can only take from and give to people and things and relationships and organizations so many times before the debt's called in and you realize that there that there really is nothing there. There's no substance there. Health produces substance um, sure. and produces longevity. I think that's what that's some of what I would challenge in things that are healthy, things that are healthy grow. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Health, things that are healthy, absolutely grow. And, um, and you know, it's not easy. And sometimes it means disappointing people. Um, but like I said, if it's balance we're after, then, you know, we're, we're always going to fail at that. I mean, we're always going to fail. I, I, I just believe yeah. that that's how I coach people. Um, but health, we can always succeed at health. That's, that's good. And word. how old are your kids for people listening? three years old and two years old. Okay. So you are right in the thick of it. That's good to know. Good party time. Party Um, time. So I, for listeners, um, Justin is going to be a speaker at multi summit is a conference in March on multi site ministry. Justin, what are some of the things you'll be sharing with people at the conference? Yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know, I'll, uh, there's a lot of things that I will probably be sharing at the conference. Um, so I guess we'll see as we get closer. I, I don't want to ruin the surprise. Awesome. Well, it's going to be fun. And we're, we're super thrilled that you're coming out to, uh, to be with us that time. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, we'd like to wrap up this time by doing a little lightning round where we kind of shoot a few questions at you rapid fire style. But before we do that, let's hear a word from our podcast sponsors. HTDT would like to thank its sponsors, Student Ministry, Creative Collective, and Multi-Summit. Student Ministry, Creative Collective empowers youth workers by offering quality creative content such as graphics, videos, series bumpers, and more for all your student ministry design needs, saving you both time and money while maintaining excellence. For more information, check out their webpage at smcreativecollective.com. Multi-Summit is a gathering of folks who are doing student ministry in a multi-site context. If your church is doing or working towards multi-site ministry, you don't want to miss this event coming up in March 2019. 
Expert presenters will lead discussions on a variety of multi-site student ministry topics and offer best practices so you come away equipped for fruitful ministry across multiple campuses. For more info on Multi-Summit, check out multisummit.org. And while you're checking out those websites, if you've enjoyed this podcast so far, please give us a rating and a review so we can continue to keep more great episodes coming out. And spread the word to all your ministry friends. We're back. All right, Justin, it's lightning round time. Are you ready? Can't wait. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this. Four questions. So the first one, uh, it's a little bit of a softball, but it it will say a lot about you. Uh, What is your go-to Starbucks order? I like to get, there's two orders I like to get. If I'm in a rush, I'll just get a grande pike and a venti cup with, uh, get cold milk to the top. If I have time, I'll get an iced venti, or light iced venti vanilla latte. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, question number two. What binge-worthy show are you watching on Netflix or Prime? I'm going through Breaking Bad again right now. Um, so I've been, I just been going through that again. Uh, I love the show breaking bad. I think I'm gonna, I'm waiting until house of cards, the last season of house of cards, um, goes on Netflix and I'll probably take the day off of work that day and watch it the entire day. <laughs> breaking bad, man. That seems like that seems fitting for you. Oh dude, breaking bad. That's like the, if I, oh my gosh, I love that show. I literally love that show. I could, I could watch that show all day long. Nice. Uh, okay. So a little bit deeper here. Question three, uh, who is influencing you the most right now in ministry? Kurt Johnston is influencing me the most. I see I had to spend a lot of time with him through the podcast. Um, yeah. so he's definitely influencing me the most. Um, the, the, I, just because I don't want that answer to be too cheap because I, cause sure. you know, if anyone listens to the uh, podcast or know the book, like obviously I, no, I, I got to talk with her. Kurt a little bit out at conference and I, I wish that I had another hour minimum. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Um, you know, I'd probably if, if if I could throw someone else in there, I'd probably say there's a a, a guy named um, David um, Gada. He is a ministry leader at a church um, in Uganda, Africa, um, and I connected with him when I was there in Uganda. Um, and uh, it's a church called Gaba Church, um, Gaba Community Church in mm-hmm. Uganda, Africa. And I get to Skype with him and just message with him often. And we talk about ministry and um, multicultural ministry. Yeah, and, that's awesome. Um, the, and I think he's been just hearing his perspective um, and being able to have conversation relationship with him. Um, I think he's been really, uh, really shaping for my ministry over the last uh, last year. Because um, I, I met him about a year ago. Um, and I think that, uh, and I think I'm gonna be close to him for a long while. So the, I would probably say him. That's cool that technology allows you to connect with people. Yeah, like cross cultural perspective oh is gosh. probably really cool to have. You know, All right, final question yeah. number yeah. four: What ministry advice would you give your younger self? Oh my gosh, where do you begin? <laughs> <laughs> where do you begin? There's just so many things. If I could go back to my younger self, I would have caught. I would have. I would have saved myself. Remember, so we're much. trying to keep this podcast under four hours too. So. Yeah, seriously. Because <laughs> if I could go back though, it's like there's a laundry list of things I would tell myself to save myself from so much pain and suffering and, and a heartache and mistakes um, that I've made over the years. Um, but if I was to boil it down to two pieces of advice, um, I would say, um, one, um, start practicing health sooner so that hmm. you're prepared for marriage. Um, yeah. I didn't put any time into that at all when I was when I was unmarried and in, in ministry. I would sleep in my office and you know do youth ministry stuff on my whiteboard, and it's like completely unhealthy, completely insane. Yeah, yeah. And I'd probably say second to that, um, 
piece of youth ministry advice. Uh, I think I would, from a very early age, grab myself and make part of my core leadership thinking that you will only get as far as you bring people with you. Um, mm. I didn't believe that at the at the core of my leadership. I just don't. I just didn't believe that, and I believe it now because I've seen it and I've learned it. But at the core of my heart, it's. I still think. Well, listen. This is just easier if I could just do this. If I could just do this and kind of get to it and get moving, like I can figure this out. Um, but that isn't healthy. Um, that isn't healthy leadership. That's not healthy to the people I'm working with. It's not healthy to the ministry. And if I could have been there at the moment where I decided I can do it better myself, and I would have been able to teach myself something different, um, I think my leadership and ministry over the last decade would have been very different. I think it, my time at Sandals would be different right now mm -hmm. if I would have, if that one idea would have been at the core of my philosophy of leadership, and it was not. Um, and I would go back, I would change that. Yeah. That's well, that's really good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, if you haven't already done so, go check out Controlled Chaos Podcast because it's great. Even if you are not a junior high pastor in junior high ministry, it is really good. Just good principles, solid stuff. Um, Justin, tell us how people can connect with you on social media um, and just to learn more about what you're working on and what's coming up next for you. Well, they can go to... The listen to the controlled chaos, obviously. Um, we're launching our blog soon, um, which is going to be controlledchaos.fun, F U N. So, controlledchaos.fun will be the blog. I like that. Um, it'll be launching at uh, in November. And I would probably say that you can catch me on social media Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm all at Hey Justin Herman. Uh, and I'm really easy to get back at people. I'm on social media a ton, partly because the podcast is on there a ton and, um, and because I connect with students and leaders a ton using that. And uh, so I'm really easy to get a hold of. Um, so that's what I would do. Great. Thanks. You're going to be at YS? I, I will be at YS. I'm doing a breakout on recruiting volunteer leaders. Uh, I'm doing a panel on junior high ministry and I'm doing a live recording of the podcast as part of the YS schedule. But then I'll also be at the uh, World Vision um, booth and I'll be at the uh, Christ and Youth CIY booth also doing some live podcasts um, with people while I'm there. I mean, you can tune into uh, Instagram at uh, Controlled Chaos Podcast. Um, to be updated while you're at YS, if you want to come by and see Marco or you know see some of these people that I'll be interviewing in kind of a smaller setting, um, I think it'll be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. I'm bringing the whole um, our whole team, so uh, we'll have to hang out a little bit. I'd love that. I'm bringing my team too, actually, which is which is crazy. It's like ten people, and we're all coming from California, but um, but it's just so vital. I think it's I think it's going to be one of the best youth ministry conferences in ten years. So I'm really excited. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, well, this wraps up our time with you, Justin. We want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just uh, hearing about your story, letting us and others get to know you a little bit better and sharing some of your wisdom about your years in ministry. And we will look to keep this relationship going. So uh, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. You guys are great. So Lauren, uh, great episode today. Any final thoughts as we wrap up? Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to Justin. I feel like his transparency is so it's just so needed in ministry. Um, his honesty about transitions um, to a new church being really hard. Um, I hope you found that encouraging. That's, you know, Brent and I's whole goal for doing this podcast is that people in ministry would get to hear real life stories and feel encouraged and inspired and feel like they're not in it alone. So I really appreciate 
um, Justin's interview. Yeah, that was another great episode. We've got many more great episodes in the works. Upcoming interviews include Joe Crabb, student ministry pastor and host of the Multi Multi podcast, Walt Mueller of the Center for Parent and Youth Understanding, author, blogger, and ministry coach, April Diaz, creative innovator and church stage design expert, Jonathan Malm, Rick Lawrence, executive editor of Group Magazine, former Willow Creek Community Church programming director and author, Nancy Beach, and Chris Yortz, author of The Sacred Enneagram. If you've enjoyed this podcast so far, please give us a rating and a review so we can continue to keep more great episodes coming. Yes, and if there's someone in your area who you'd like us to interview, reach out through our webpage and we'll try our best to get them on the show. And that webpage is www.htdt.org. That's HTDT as in how they do that. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Student Ministry Creative Collective. Make sure you check them out at smcreativecollective.com and Multi-Summit at multisummit.org. And special thanks to those who help put together each and every episode. Production Director Josh Laurie, Lead Creative Director Matt Cashman, Administrative Assistant Ali Batan, and a very special thanks to Garrett Atkinson of GDA Productions for providing all the music for the podcast. Until next time, this is Lauren Jubeau and Brent Squires answering the age-old question, how'd they do that?